Hi everyone, welcome to World of Anime. I'm Stephanie, your host, and with me again this week I have the wonderful Ben. Wonderful. <laughs> I am the wonderful. <laughs> Hello everyone. I don't know what happened to my mouth there. Yeah, it got stuck. <laughs> did get stuck. Um, so, we are back with our weekly review of our four shows that we're following this season. And let's let's just dive right in. We're going to start with Steinsgate Zero because okay. that was the last one that we watched. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this episode? I am really enjoying the direction things are going. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's um, really coming to a head pretty quickly that uh, uh, Okabe is forming this kind of unhealthy attachment to the AI version, the Amadeus AI version of Kurisu, and Maho just pretty much immediately catching on. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to to see some of the places they could take it. I think that there's already been a little bit of foreshadowing with uh, the Amadeus AI asking Okabe to put her in a remote control helicopter to control that. Uh, I strongly suspect this is going to go the Terminator Skynet route. But yeah, uh, a little bit of fan service with the with the Santa outfits because it was kind of a Christmas party episode. But, you know, mostly it was just fun to see the gang back together. Yeah, it was a little bit, um, it was very reminiscent to me of the early episodes of the original Steinsgate, where it's a lot more carefree, and you're figuring out and learning all the characters and what's going on with them, because, like, it's really nice to see Okabe so happy with Kurisu, AI friend Amadeus, and you kind of don't get that moment until the end where Maho comes and, like, slaps it out of his hand, being like, she's dead. She's dead. Stop being so attached to this AI. Like, I told you this would trick you and this would be hard. So, the rest of the episode seemed pretty lighthearted. Yeah. Um, Mayushi likes Okabe and she's heartbroken that he likes somebody else, I think. It was a little hard to tell, at least from where I was standing. Um, I think she would be open to it. I don't know that she's necessarily pining for him. Um, yeah, I definitely think that the their ship is more of a thing now than it was in the original. Partly because of lack of competition. So, uh, yeah. And, like, the thing she heard him talking to somebody, she doesn't know who it is, left and walked away. So, like, and she did not look happy about it. Nope. So, that's kind of sad. Um... Suzuha is unwilling to party. Very much unlike their gaijin professor, <laughs> who I do not remember his name. Party! That's going to be the best gif out of that show. Yeah, he's very enthusiastic and creepy and very foreign, um, which is kind of funny to see through the lens of Japanese, because normally that would not be something I would pick up on, but they, they make a real point to harp on it. I mean, uh, I think that... We're in for some interesting times. I mean, uh, the screen went all shrinky-dink from Okabe's <laughs> perspective. Um, as soon as he lost AI Karisu, uh, I don't know if that's the hypnotherapy or if it's some sort of reading Steiner uh, world line shifting stuff. But between that and Suzuha's 
cryptic reference to the fact that she needs to take him to, I believe it was the opening of Steins Gate, was what she said. Not the show, the in-universe, I mean, Steins Gate canonically actually means nothing, so whatever that means. Um, I'm very interested if that means taking him physically in the time machine, because that's actually not something that he's done before. Didn't, not in the, yeah, he has. He tried to save Kurisu once and killed her. That is absolutely true. That is not something we've seen done more than once or twice. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Particularly if it means going into the future, because we continue to see references to unintroduced characters. Mm-hmm. Namely, Chibi Kurisu. Who is Chibi Kurisu? The world may never know. Chibi Tina. <laughs> I like that. Okay. That's very good. Okay. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, the end where he, like, screams and everything goes, I have no idea what happened, and I'm really excited for next week to find out what that was all about. Mm -hmm. And I'm just interested to see if this ends up being more of a uh, first half of Steins Gate or a second half of Steins Gate in the short term, because uh, it's a question of whether it's going to be a slow burn or just a full-on head trip. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Okay. Um, I think the next one that we watched in reverse order was Persona 5? No, it was Soma. Yes. It was Soma. So, they get another challenge. They gotta fight evil teacher sensei again, who this time decided to, instead of giving them bad ingredients, gave them no ingredients. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and... Uh, most of the ingredients are gone, and they're like, well, you can't make noodles because you also can't leave because there's a giant snowstorm, which I don't know how they would have, like, predicted that. That doesn't seem like a thing because, like, it's weather, but... Also, I was a little bit confused by that whole thing because they didn't actually give them no ingredients. Like, they had potatoes. Well, they gave them all this stuff that you could use to garnish... And to add to your noodle dish, yeah. but they gave them nothing to make noodles. Right. And not, yeah, so they were like, aha, and they all remembered how to make potatoes into noodles, which my brain's like, yes, because gnocchi is a thing. Yep. But. Again, I don't know how much I have to say about this episode other than it's a little bit more of the same, uh, particularly when you take into consideration the fact that since all of the rebels are in, you know, groups of, what is it, three or four? Yeah. Um, and all of them were able to pass the challenge, even though most of them were not actually shown passing the challenge. They were just off screen. Um, I'm just hoping that we get a little bit more variety and creativity from the upcoming challenges, because this one felt pretty similar to the previous week. Yeah, it felt like what they were doing was like, establishing a pattern yeah. of episode. Like, they get there, they think it's going to be okay, and then it's like, oh no, this unexpected thing that we're trying to get you to fail with. And then they figure out how to, fi how to get past it anyway. Then they hang around and they go to the next challenge. Um, they were, it definitely seems like they're setting that up for a pattern, but then they switched up the game at the end of the episode where... Everyone got on different trains because now the group is diverging. That is true, and that certainly will, you know, give them more freedom to have interesting challenges because they won't have to show that every group is experiencing the same thing. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, if it wants to be a tournament arc, uh, I think there's a bunch of things they could do to make it more engaging. Yeah, I don't know if what they'll do is focus on each group individually now, because um, they'll have different things, or if they'll really just focus in on Soma and Arena's group. But now the the ten evil student friends, the top students are on the trains and going to fight the rebels too, which I'm hoping that will lead to some interesting cooking challenges because it's not just like, make some noodles. It's a little more like the fight that he had with the first seat. That was a pretty good one. One thing that is interesting to think about is, I originally thought of it as kind of a plot hole, but the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm intrigued by it is, you know, Headmaster, what is it, Az- Azami? Arini's dad. Arini's um, dad, yeah. Could just expel them. He literally doesn't need a reason. He's the headmaster. He can just do that. Mm-hmm. But he keeps leaving these tiny paths to success in all of these challenges. And I'm really hoping that that's an intentional thing on his part. Um, because, you know, it is really showing that these rebels do have cooking skills. And I really hope it's not like, oh, I've been trying to expel you for so long, because you literally could just say you're expelled, and that's that's that. And you wonder if he's trying to prove a point because he doesn't think that the rebels are going to make be able to make food as good as what he can teach the other students to make. Like, I do think he believes that his cooking and what he considers good cooking is the ultimate in cooking. Right. And... He wants to prove to them that, no, you're wrong, not just expelling them, because then they could even see that as a, well, you're just scared of us, so you just got rid of us. That's a very good point. So, I'm not I'm not so upset about that. So, yeah, I, uh, I like it. It's fine right now. The potato challenge wasn't incredibly stimulating. Um, it was cool that they figured out how to get past the challenge, but yeah, I, I want to see it get kind of ramp up a little bit. And also the snowstorm thing was like, okay, sure. But I still think that they could be utilizing their locations a little bit more in these challenges. Um, you know, they don't all have to be just in similar looking testing rooms. I don't think it's that, I don't think that's fair. Uh, they are in a testing environment, so I don't think it's that bad. I don't really know why they need to just bring them to Hokkaido for their academic pursuit. Like, uh, like especially because they're not really using the environments that much and they are in testing rooms. Like, why did the school need to bring them to Hokkaido? I guess the, the perspective I'm coming to, or coming from, rather, is if you think about the previous season, we learned a whole bunch about spice philosophy and Chinese cuisine, which was not something I knew about. And it was all of people doing things, doing their cooking in these different interesting booths. And that's great. Yeah, that was fun. And I can't, it's not reasonable to always expect that, but by bringing us to a new place, not just cooking the stuff from there. I mean, we didn't have to go to China to learn about the Chinese cuisine. I was expecting, and rather I still expect, to learn a little bit more about their cuisine and ideally hope to see some cool stuff. Yeah, all I've learned is that they have potatoes. I mean, they do spend a bunch of time 
in the city hanging out. True. We don't see too much of it. It's more about the characters rather than what they're going to go do. But you do learn that there's a lot of food culture and they all get very excited to look at it. That's true. So that is something. But I would like them to be, yeah, it would be cool if they were a little more in their environment. I think if there hadn't been the big snowstorm, theoretically, they could have gone out and explored their environment like they did when they did the salmon challenge. Sure. Also, that nice little twist at the end that one of the new seats for the, I forgot what the top 10 student name thing is. The Elite 10? The Elite 10. Hayama! Oh my god, the Spice Boy. Spice Boy! Spicy old man, young boy. Yeah. Yeah, he's got that Pegasus hair. He's got that Pegasus hair. And he's back and doesn't seem too happy. And I'm really sad that he uh, is in the Elite Ten because that means he supports Central. Well, it doesn't necessarily because if you think about it, Apron Boy and Arena really don't. So I'm interested to see it. You're probably right. He probably would not have been able to join now. If he didn't support Central, but I think the other interesting question is, who did he replace? Um, I think Koga was is no longer the eighth seat. Okay. I think Kuga. Kuga. Kugu. Kugel. Kugel boy. Um, the, in the they had a they had a scrolling screen. And they showed all of the members of the Elite Ten with their title. And stuff, and it did say like former seats. Oh, I missed I, that. I think there was more than one, and I can't remember, of course, mm. but like there was definitely one or two of them that were former seats, so he replaced sure. one of them. So I uh, wonder if there's anyone else who got like who they replaced anyone with because I'm just like, oh no, more yeah. friends, turncoats. I'm interested to see more of the Elite Ten on this train adventure. Yeah. Because we still have not seen the cooking of quite a few of them. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And I'm like a little disappointed that he's going to have to face off against Hayama and not Rindo because like I haven't seen anything that she could. I'm sure we're going to see her. I'm sure, but it's going to be one of those like I'm super overpowered and I have a special trick and I'm just like, I just want to see it. Yeah. I don't want, you're, you're teasing me. Yeah. But I'm excited. I'm excited for more. I'm always excited for more so because mm-hmm. I like to eat while I watch it. And yeah, what's wrong with it's that? It's good for that. Um, okay, so then going backwards. From Kuga to Koda, which is the name of the kid from My Hero Aka. No, we didn't we do Persona? We did Persona next. Persona. Persona! Um... What happened this week? More in the adventure of try to uh, take down evil volleyball coach man. True. Kamoshida is front and center in this episode. I will say to this episode's credit, my memory of this show is starting to bleed with my memory of the video game, which might be high praise because uh, a video game adaptation should really be trying to invoke the video game. Yeah. I definitely think that as we get out of the intro into more what would be actual gameplay, I think that this show is getting a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think that the battles feel a little bit... Inorg- the battles are weak as shit. Yeah, they're, they're pretty inorganic because they're very inspired by the video games, where in the video games, everyone summons their persona and they line up in a straight line in front of the bad guys and take turns attacking, which... You know, is fun in a video game because it's, you know, it's JRPG Pokemon style. Um, less fun to watch, 
But this, like, what disappoints me is that it's not, like, good animation for battles. It's all, like, weird and it happens kind of, like, it can't recall anything that's going on in it. And then it has, like, the weird end title screen of them, like, bam, bam, bam. Again, like I, it should not. It's you're taking me out of the action of what's happening in the moment by doing the splash page. Yeah, I mean, so the show continues to walk this line, and I really haven't decided how I feel about it yet. It sounds like you may have of making these direct visual references to the video game, and some of those are referencing some pretty cool visual flourishes, like the one that happens at the end of combat. But it's not really doing it in a way that's conducive to entertaining TV. Yeah, no, it's not. It, that Yeah, that splash at the end of combat in the video game is cool because that's when you learn, like, your stats. You see how much experience you got and what items you picked up. And that's when you get to upgrade your actual personas. But in the show, all you get is the characters posing at the screen. Are we going to get that at the end of every battle? And that's just like... That's really the question. And it takes... It takes you out of the what's happening in the show at the moment. Yeah. Now, I will say, Kam Kamoshida, the whole first dungeon, really is the tutorial of the video game. Mm -hmm. And the boss fights in the video game also are typically a little bit more interesting in terms of more stuff is actually happening than just everyone lining up. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm interested to see... Both that fight and also the kind of fallout from this episode. They they finished it out with giving their first calling card, identifying themselves as the Phantom Thieves. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm interested to see how... The, the big things that I wasn't sure how this show would handle are the free time in the video in the video game where you know you can choose to spend time with any number of different characters. And then on top of that also, uh, there are quite a few palaces or, or um I, I should say like dungeons i guess in the video game each of which has its own story and that would be quite a few arcs for a short tv show i mean i believe it's only 12 or 24 episodes so yeah. seeing what they choose to keep will be interesting yeah i mean i think it'll be good to have like with the free time more streamlined approach where you're really only dealing with the relationships between most of the main characters i don't think that'll be necessarily like you don't have to go to sports club <laughs> like, true but uh, well that's persona 4 um, oh i'm all confused you, maybe they won't spend time with the airsoft guy who's the airsoft the guy who runs the airsoft store the the, the replica gun shop oh he was a cool character he was oh. an ex-Yakuza who just wanted to take care of his boy. <laughs> well, I might not focus as much on weapons because of the show. Like, you don't need to work on optimizing your weapons and stuff. Sure, which is essentially my main question, is visually and plot-wise, there's a bunch of stuff that's meant to make for a good video game. And just in any adaptation, but this one in particular, seeing how they translate those game mechanics into plot elements. In a story. Yeah. The story with Komoshida is definitely, like, getting more interesting to watch. Also, I get a lot more evil out of real-life Kamoshida, which is... Real-life Kamoshida. Not castle, not shadow Kamoshida. I see. If you're comparing the real-life Kamoshida 
from the TV show and the game. Yeah, like, I definitely, like, he definitely feels, like, maybe just memory, because it's about what I'm remembering from now and a year ago, between playing and watching it, but, like, I definitely get that he's a really bad guy. I will say, I'm pretty sure the scenes are directly from the game. I'd say that the big difference is when we played the game, full disclosure, we played it with English voices, and now that we're watching it, we're using Japanese voices. Mm -hmm. His English voice is much more of like a uh, like a normal jock gym teacher voice, but his Japanese voice is a lot more like slimy, we weaselly, and mm -hmm. you know, he's relishing that he's inflicting these things yeah um i definitely get it a lot also i think because of the pacing of the show it's a lot more compressed together yeah where you get all of his evil in like a 10 minute period as opposed to a two hour period because you're also fighting in a dungeon sure so i think getting an idea of who the villain is i think is a little stronger in the show so i'm excited to see that happen and I'm excited to see some of the development with the actual story points in the show. Yeah. I Uninterrupted mean, by hours of combat. Unfortunately, um, Kamoshida is not necessarily the one of the primary bad guys. I know. That's why I'm excited to see the even worse bad guys. Right. Well, there will be plenty to comment on on future episodes. I certainly don't want to spoil anything for anyone who is uh, anime first. That's true. Ending is still shit and still makes me angry. Everyone has very lumpy pants. Ugh. Specifically crotch. I, we just skip hat. We can't. We can't watch it. Oh, they've introduced a mean detective boy. Akechi? I can't remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> well, considering his name has not actually been said in the show yet. Yeah, so they've introduced him, and I, full disclosure, mostly forgot his role. He's a detective with I know. gloves. I know, I'm saying I forgot what happens with him. Well, that's great, because we can't comment on that. I know, so I'm excited to like see what happened again, because I remember it was definitely significant, mm -hmm. but I don't remember exactly how, so I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. I'm yep. excited. I'm into it. We're going to keep watching it. I think it's not one of the stronger ones of the ones that we're watching. But, I mean, we're we're not going to stop watching. It continues to not be Phoenix Wright. It continues to not be Phoenix Wright, but it also continues to not be fantastic. Yes. Because, I mean, if we're being completely fair, I mean, yes, visual novel versus non-visual novel, but Steins Gate Zero is also technically a video game adaptation. Right. But visual novel. True. Also, like, Steins Gate is a very conceptual, plot-driven game, whereas Persona is a lot more of a character-driven game. True. And a combat-driven game. There's no combat in Steins Gate, I don't think. That's fair. Which means that you just play through the story making choices. Yeah. Which, you know, as a story device makes a lot more sense than we're going to halt the story to fight people, which is yeah. how it would work in, I guess, the quote unquote real life of these dungeons. But yep. like, that's not the best way to maintain a solid story. Mm -hmm. So um, that's Persona. And the first thing we watched for these episodes. My hero, Bacademia. It's not the Bacademia. It's my hero, Macademia. Oh, no. <laughs> what if the show is just people 
but with the heads of macadamia nuts. Oh my god, it's like um, Bakugo would be a toasted macadamia that's nut. That's true. <laughs> um, I don't know other nuts because I am allergic. All but of it the would be just like Hantaro. But all of the hardness ones, they'd just be really tough nuts. Yep. It's like Kantaro, the sweet and tooth being hero. The invisible nut. And then that's nut the that... worst one for people <laughs> with allergies. It's true. It's true. Um, so <laughs> now that we're done with puns. Yeah. Are we? No. Are we done? No? Probably not. Continue though. Um, this episode wasn't super memorable. It's more just building their scenario, mm-hmm. I think. Midoriya continues to try to reach out to uh, Koda, the the spike-hatted little boy. Uh, Angry boy. Angry boy. Tiny Bakugo. Tiny pointy Bakugo. (laughs) Um, It's not going great. Uh, And then on top of that, after having this conversation where Koda's like... You guys just show off your powers and it causes so so many problems. Midoriya's like, nah, that would never happen. And then they go show off their powers in this test of courage, which is right when all the bad guys show up. And that's yep. kind of where things are left off. Yeah. So we start off with like a big training montage where it shows all the characters training in different ways. And let me just say... But there's a couple of characters I feel like got let off real easy, like the ones who have to just eat a lot. Yeah. I'm just like, I can do that. Let's let's go. Yep. And like it's true, she's producing all these weird like babushka dolls or whatever. And yeah. he's like having to power up, I guess. But like that Some feels the... very different than doing like I don't know, there's also the animal guy who's just screaming at the top of the yeah. mountain. <laughs> And then Mineta, who just has to continue to pull off the sticky balls in spite of his bleeding. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a conducive training method is yeah. the problem. Yeah. I mean, he deserves it, probably. But <laughs> yeah, there's there's some mixed bag. It's I, just I mean, very different. Toru is just invisible. Toru's not even training. She's just helping someone else train. Yeah, I don't really... I mean, I guess that's practice. I don't know how she fucking got into this school. I'm not sure they noticed. She just showed up one day. It's like, I'm in this class. It's fine, right? Um, but yeah, that seems very different than like Bakugo who has to dip his hands in like boiling water or, or oil. Something. It's like something very hot that opens up his pores and then he has to like shoot off a giant blast. That seems very different in, yes. ca- in like extreme activity what was Midoriya's again he used to do the punching calisthenics and then hit the teacher right which is like very like that's like working out yeah which is fine but also like Midoriya's grown a lot already he's already done a lot of this training so it's a lot more about the other characters I feel now I will say unless I'm mistaken this actually does introduce a pretty important element to the universe which is you actually can make your quirk stronger with practice. Yeah. Which doesn't have to be true. Um, Generally, from what I understand, it's not really the case in a lot of other uh, superhero stuff. I feel like in a lot of the case in other superhero stuff, it's you have to make your body stronger so that you can channel more of your superpower. Mm. Like, this is a weird example because it's not exactly the same, but like Hercules... 
was always super strong, but he still had to, like, work out so that he could, like, properly use his power. Sure. So, like, there is that. I'm trying to think of other... Like, the Marvel Universe, they all have to learn how to properly use their powers. True, but the fact that someone could take a power, like, the ability to create things, and just by creating the same thing over and over can get better at creating everything. Yeah, I don't know how her power is going to be helped by just making a gajillion of them. I mean, I'm assuming it's like 3D printer style. She's just training up her ability to produce, you know, more things, like essentially increasing her maximum ink. But she's doing it by constantly replenishing her ink. So shouldn't she be trying to do it without eating? That is also probably legit. Like... The guy with the sugar rush thing, like, he has to consume sugar in order to, like, explode, basically. So, like, yeah, him being able to store more energy so that it can come off in a bigger blast makes sense to train that way, maybe. But hers is, like, she's just eating a bunch of chocolate and then spitting out little things. Like, that doesn't seem helpful. Right. Like, the point is, if you're in battle, you're not going to necessarily have, like, a dozen cliff bars on you. you got to be able to make things with whatever you got in your stores. So that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm just very excited because it really does feel like, I mean, using video game terms, Midoriya has leveled up quite a few times since the start of the series. Oh, yeah. And a number of other characters have made minor breakthroughs, but generally their abilities have been pretty static. And I think some of that is for plot reasons in terms of they don't want to change people's abilities too much when you're still getting to know them. But I'm very excited to see some of the stuff like Todoroki, if he can simultaneously use ice and fire, will look very cool. That is very cool. Like, yeah, there's definitely some of these quirks that benefit a lot more from, like, this rigorous training yeah. than other ones. So, But they have to train all of them. Uh, but it's fun. I like training montages. Yeah. I think it's fun. Um, yeah, and then this whole challenge of the forest to spook each other, which I don't understand how that's a challenge, but I guess it's just a training camp, like yeah, a summer I'm, camp I mean, I've seen it in enough an different anime that I think it's just a Japanese thing, the <laughs> test of courage. Um, that being said, the whole idea of using superpowers to, you know, make camp games fun sounds amazing and would be probably very fun in Life. Yeah, it just is the worst time for all of the villains to show up and be like, we're going to poison and kill all of you now. I'm very... Because if you scream, they think it's part of the game. Yep. How do they know that they're going to play that game at that time? I don't have no idea. Yeah, they're, they're... A, there almost definitely has to be a mole. And B, I'm very excited to see what these villains' abilities are because I super don't know. Yeah. Are there any theories? I mean, there's one guy who can apparently make some poison smoke right um i thought that the schoolgirl was gonna like eat people but her, considering her costume now involves covering her mouth i feel like that's less likely yeah i don't know i thought it was eating people yeah maybe it's a thing to make her teeth more powerful oh so she can bite through people's bodies maybe um and Coda is in danger because he was away from the group and now he's all by himself and made him an easy target. And now he's going to be a damsel. It's stupid. Yeah. But that's what's going on. And hopefully the adults get that, oh yeah, this is bad. I think they've already gotten that it's bad though. Yeah. They're like, uh-oh. Yeah. And 
none of the other heroes know where they are, so they better figure it out. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'd say uh, of the shows, I'd say I'm probably most ex- actually excited for My Hero Akka. And then Steins Gate after that probably, followed by Soma. And then Persona's probably always going to be in last because I pretty much know everything that's going to happen. So Yeah, I probably agree with your ranking. I'm excited a lot for My Hero Akka because I've heard that there's a lot of amazing fights coming up. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited for that, even if like what I've seen up until this point isn't necessarily like getting me to that hype yet. I know I have the hype just from other people saying it's going to be really good, so yep. I'm really excited about it. Get hype. Yeah. In Steins Gate, I'm just very excited about to see what happens and i'm also terrified because i just want my babies to be happy mm-hmm. and yeah i'm i'm excited about all the shows yeah is there anything else that we've been that we've been doing i mean we beat nino kuni highly recommend it <laughs> yes it was a lot of fun there's some plot holes so if you don't like plot holes i would beware but yeah. it was a lot of fun especially i'm not that big of a gamer yeah I'm not that skilled at the controlling of the video games, but I still had a lot of fun. Sure. Um, uh, and that's Nino Kuni 2 specifically, not the first one, which I couldn't beat because it was not fun. Mm. Uh, and then we still haven't really gotten too far into Yakuza. I've just been playing a lot of God of War, which, yeah. you know, there was a tiny visual reference to the Shinto religion in there, so I'm hoping... There will be some relevant material in there someday, but probably not the best thing to talk about on this podcast for yeah, now. Ben's really into God of War right now. And if you like games, uh, you could go listen to Games Nation, which is another show on the Nerds List Network. Um, you should also play God of War because apparently it is good. I've been watching him play, and it's it's pretty cool. It's gorgeous. Absolutely. Um Yes, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this week's weekly recap for our anime loves of the season. We're going to have some more content up that is different content, hopefully soon as well, in addition to our weekly recaps. And I'm excited to get that out to you guys. So, Ben, thank you so much for joining me this week. Thank you. And where should we follow you on the internets? Uh, I'm at Open World IRL on Twitter. And I've been your host, your co-host this week. Uh, my name is Stephanie, and you can find me on Twitter at StephUpTheGame. And you should also follow the Nerds List on Twitter and on Facebook. They post things that are relevant to anime and games and comic books and all other things in nerd land because it is the nerds list and you should like us share us with your friends review us on itunes or anywhere else and i think that's that's gonna do it for us thank you again for listening and have a wonderful day or night wherever or week or week or month or year whenever we talk to you next all right everyone oh yeah